It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Let me just start out off the top by saying one thing and one thing only. What is it? Hashtag why not Mick. Hashtag why not Mick. Just saying. Fritzy, what's up, buddy? Uh, hashtag why not Mick. Uh, I tell you what, James, still riding high off of last last week's interview. Uh, Honestly, we didn't even need to do this show. We're just doing it because we enjoy talking to each other. But like the Mickey show could have carried for weeks. It was that great. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm happy for him. Uh, seems like he's, you know, getting his way into the center field competition. Not sure it's going to be. Right from opening day, um, but I mean, hey, when it when it makes Jeff pass an article saying he should be the starter, I don't know. I think that's a win for the High Hopes podcast. You're damn right it is, and we'll get into the center field thing and all that. But I just I want to start by thanking the High Hopes listeners mm-hmm. for being awesome. Always because, uh, and I'm sure Jack will feel this too, as Jack and I in our day job are forced to talk about a football team in this town and i hate that football team yeah and i hate talking about them i hate the way the fan base is right now i hate that whatever you say if you try and say anything real about the team oh you're so negative why do you hate the eagles all that crap like i'm so tired of it and all it has done is made me so grateful so grateful to the from the bottom of my heart for you for the high hopes listeners because i was so excited to just talk to Jack tonight and talk to you guys because it's like it's like a breath of fresh air compared to everything else I have to do. And I want to say thank you. And I want to say I can't bleep and wait for baseball to start, Jack. That's where I'm at. Two weeks from today, we will have Let's Phillies go, baseball. Let's go. Let's, 305. I, I, I know I say this line a lot, but I mean it every time I say it. I need it like I need air to breathe, Jack. That's how I feel right now. Yeah, and especially tough with the Eagles when they hire uh, Gabe Kapler 2.0 to be there. I wish he were Gabe Kapler. He's like a dumb Gabe Kapler. That's the problem. At least Kapler, you're like, this guy's sharp. Yeah. Like, I might not like what he's saying, but he's a bright guy. Well, that's enough. Anyway. That's enough Eagles for this podcast. Let's get it yeah, back to I, Can we stop? I, I just said how happy I am not to talk about them. I know, I know, I know. It's just tough reacting to that uh, that that presser from earlier. But um, two weeks from the day, it may be April first, but it won't be a joke that the Phillies will uh, oh, will be will be kicking off the season. Aren't I the dad? Aren't yeah. I the dad? <laughs> Shouldn't I be the one making the dad jokes or no? You you are the dad of this podcast, but at the same time, I would say I have more dad qualities. Yeah, it's absolutely true. I mean, I wear I, I wear like new ba- I wear New Balances. You don't wear New Balances. <laughs> no, I don't. You listen to podcasts. I listen to radio. I still true. I still watch baseball. You still watch baseball, which makes you a dad. Um, yeah. but we do do a podcast, so that makes us not very dadish. But it's true. Yeah, it's true. You are more dad than I am, though. That's true. I I got no argument against. Well, that. I'm very mature for my age. Everyone knows that. <laughs> yep. That's that's totally it. The main All word right, the main word to describe me is ma- mature beyond his years. Yes, yes, yes. That is the overwhelming sentiment. All right, let's let's talk some Phillies because mm-hmm. I'm I'm really excited to talk. Even though there's not a ton to talk about since last oh, time. Whatever, whatever. I'm so excited to talk about them. Let's start with Mick. Let's start with passing, saying in his article, people around the league saying like that should be the starter in center field. 
how you read in the Mick thing, but also like, you know, the center field situation. Cause I'll tell you right now, I'm not excited. No. <laughs> like, I don't want to root for this guy. No. I don't want this guy to be my starting center fielder on opening day. And every day that passes, I feel more and more sure that he's going to be. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm just, I'm not, it doesn't make me feel good. And I've been thinking about this for a little while. And it just, it really bothers me how, and we've, we've avoided talking about it on this podcast, but like, it really bothers me how the discussion is, is it, it always reverts back to what's happening on the field. And it's like, yeah, he's the best center field option. Like he makes the team that much better or whatever. It's like, that's not the point. Like that's, that's not the point. The point is not to like, obviously we want the Phillies to do well and all that stuff. Like we want the Phillies to do well, but like. They're throwing it back in people's faces who don't want Odubel on this team with the, yeah, well, he's the best option in center field. It's like, I don't really care. Like, I, like center field's not making or breaking this team. Like, I, I will, I'll take freaking Quinn, Kingery, uh, Paisley, and Moniak or whatever it takes. Like, it's just, it's, it's annoying how the conversation is like, wow, he hit some spring training home runs. So, like, you know, you guys are all wrong for thinking this way. It's like, that's... That's not that's not the point. The the point is, I, I, just, I don't want to root for him. I don't want him to be on the Phillies. Like that's that's how I feel, and I just hate that. I hate that you know the the conversation just gets thrown back in your face because he's doing well in spring training. Like that's it's not the point. Yeah, that was never the point. Like if you had asked us who's the best center fielder on this team right now, like he would have been in the discussion. It has nothing to do with it. Like. On a basic level, and look, we want our teams to win, right? I mean, that's what Jack and I rant about. Like, we want to win games. We want to go to the playoffs. We want to do all that stuff. But like, on a on a on a basic, the most basic level, we watch sports because they're supposed to be fun. It's a choice. It's an elective thing that we do. We could be doing other things. We could be watching other TV shows. We could be talking to our family, whatever else. But instead, we well, we don't want to do that. We don't want to talk to the family. Instead, we spend 162 games a year. This isn't like, oh, on a Sunday I have to, to you know, bite my tongue or whatever. This is 162 nights a year where it's supposed to be fun. Like, this thing's supposed to be, like, an enjoyable activity. And every time he comes up to the plate, like, it's just conflicting. I don't want to root for him. I don't want to get excited when he does something good. And, like... It's just, it's a frustrating spot. And look, ultimately, the Phillies have no one to blame but themselves. Like, no one to blame. They very easily could have not invited him to, to spring training. Like, they could have, you know, and they did it. So it's on them. They opened up a situation where I think in their mind, their perfect world, Kingery plays way better, and he's just a center fielder. At worst, Hazley doesn't get hurt. He's the center fielder. Instead, Hazley gets hurt. Kingery is a disaster, like a flat-out disaster offensively. And they're in this situation now where they either have to choose the kid who they don't think is they probably don't think is quite ready, or this guy. And it, and it's their own fault. They open themselves up to it, but on a on a basic level, it's just it's not fun. So that's, <laughs> that's why comes down to. And and that's why we presented the alternative, James, which is why not Mick? Why not Mick? Why not Mick? And honestly, like I I just seeing, and this is how I felt about Pavetta too. And like Mickey, I'm so sorry that I'm throwing you in the same category as as Nikki Breakout. But like anything he does well on the baseball field, it fills me up with butterflies inside. I swear to God, James. Like I watched the double against the Pirates from last Sunday like 16 times. Like I watch it all the time because like he's roping the ball, he's hitting the ball hard, and um he looks he looks legitimately good. Like. The whole conversation around Moniac has it's been so refreshing. Like, is it not like I don't know how if you, how you feel about it, but personally for me, like it's been so refreshing that the conversation around Moniac is no longer like, oh well, he's this huge bust and he took him number one overall and he hasn't proved to to be that and all that stuff. And it's now formed into the conversation of like, hey, we might have a good player here. Like we might have a, a, a starting caliber center fielder um, who a lot of people have written off on this fan base. Um, so even if, like even if he doesn't start game one, even if he's not opening day starter, and again, like Ru- we had Rube on this afternoon, and it was a, it was a good point, and it's something that I think we got to all remember is that like 
it's just one game out of 162. Like, baseball seasons are so long. They are so long. So even if he's not the opening day center fielder, like, it doesn't really matter. Um, at some point this year, I just think he's going to hit his way onto the field, and I think he's going to be – I think he has a chance to stick at center field. So um, whether it's opening day, whether it's not opening day, like, the fact that that Mickey has changed the conversation and people are starting to starting to feel hopeful about him – I think it's massive, and it's just it's just so refreshing to finally have conversations where it's not like, oh, you know, you're just believing in the kid, and he hasn't proven anything. Like everyone watching right now is like, I don't know, they they might have something here, and they're not completely writing him off. Ah, uh, it would be, it would be so great, man. Again, like because it, it the the conversation as you alluded to has has kind of just been like, oh, it, it's a bust. You know, he's a bust, and. And for the first pick in the draft to end up not being a bust and potentially being a, a valuable asset, I mean, that's such a win, right? I mean, it's such a win for this team if that guy can turn into something. And and that's not even taking into account, like, how much we're just rooting for Mick because he's an awesome guy and all that type of stuff. Just for the team, if that asset could turn out to be something of value, I mean, it's, it's massive. We had written him off. He was written off. Like, Mickey Moniak was a bust. For people, which is crazy because he's still so young. And I think that sometimes, you know, when guys are drafted at the age of 17 out of high school, like especially in a sport like baseball, you know, where it takes time for guys to develop, for their bodies to grow, for all that stuff. You know, as we've talked about, I mean, even even 22 years old in the major leagues is young. Like that's a young age to be in the majors. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm, Mickey Moniak is the single and outside of just the how much we love him and he's our guy, hashtag why not Mick. Just from a baseball perspective, I think Mickey Moniak's probably the the single best story to come out of Philly Spring Training. Can I be the, can I be the, do I have permission to take? Yeah, I mean, Jack, as long as you're not giving me some sort of Eagles take that people get mad about and whine about and say, why are you being so negative and how could you hate the Eagles and all that about, yeah, I'm good. Sounds like you uh, checked your mentions. I'm today. really annoyed with yeah. the Eagles fan base, but yeah. anyway, go on. Yes. Well, it actually is Eagles related, so I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but perfect. How's per- per- thank you? I I hope that even if it wasn't, you found a way in that half second to spin it into something Eagles because that was perfect. How's this? How's this? Mickey Moniak is the 2020s version of Brandon Graham. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy! My all-time favorite eagle. That would be that would be pretty cool. I mean, Mickey cool. Mickey could be your favorite Philly too, given how the given how the podcast has gone so far. I mean, he's definitely my favorite Philly as a person right now today. So yes, I'm with you. So you're saying that Mickey Moniak is going to hit a game-winning home run in Game Seven of the World Series? Is that where we're going here? Huh, listen, buddy. Or at least a game-winning hit and game, that that's the parallel, right? I mean. Right. James, right. James, right. James, right. James, James. I've never hated. I have like I genuinely have never hated you more <laughs> than I hate you right now, just because of how that made me feel inside of pure excitement. <laughs> like I, I, I'm, I'm just sitting here giggling to myself, <laughs> thinking about Mickey Moniak hitting a walk off like this walk off like double into the gap in uh, in Game Seven of the World Series off of like. Like Mariano Rivera comes out of retirement just for that, <laughs> to just just to pitch that inning. I hate you. I really do. Like I, you want to hate me more? You want to hate me more? He does that. Then exclusive first interview on the iOS podcast. After that, yeah. See, no, this is this is heading down. This is trending and <laughs> trending in a wrong direction. I'm getting I'm getting Mickey, too good. The here. interviewers after the game, they're trying to talk to him. He's like, sorry, I gotta I gotta keep it for my guys. Yeah, I'll see you later. Yep, yep. I think that's very realistic at this point. So. Yeah, I don't like you. I don't like you. I'm, I'm su- you. We love you. You've lost me. You've lost me for the rest of this podcast. That's <laughs> just thinking about All that. All right, we done or is that it? Should we just shut it down? Sounds about right. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But seriously, like, I'm definitely just giddy thinking about who he's gonna take <laughs> too, ya- yard in Game Seven. Me too. Me too. Me too. I'm. Um. Wait, does that mean? Does that mean that? Uh, does that mean? It's hard. To, it's hard to like. Noel is not as like Foles is bad. So. Like I'm trying to think of who starts that game. Is it like uh is it like who who does Foles compare it? Like yeah, does, like does Vinny does Vinny Velasquez start that game? Like yeah, is, the is problem is Vinny never had like the Foles twenty thirteen. Well yeah, season. he did. Yeah, he did. He struck out sixteen Padres. Yes, yes. Yes. That's like his seven touchdown game. Yeah. Oh my god, let's go. Dude. Vinny. 
Starts game seven, throws eight shutout. Oh, Mickey walks him <laughs> off in the ninth. Let's go. Let's go. Dude, this, is, this is the best fan fiction I think we've ever come up with. Um, all right. The point is we get love Get this Mick. podcast back on track. I want to be this interviewer. I have notes, so let's get back okay. on track. Um, all right. Spring training. What stood out uh, to you from the last time we spoke? Uh, everything in the entire right, well, world. Be a little specific, pal. <laughs> Let me pull up my notes. Um, I had my notes ready. You didn't have your notes ready. Yeah, I mean, I'm usually, I'm usually just riffing on this podcast. Um, let's. <laughs> that, was, that was good work. Buddy. Let's start with Zach Eflin. Let's start with Zach Eflin. Um, I am, I am already mad at the injury gods for ruining this Philly season. Like if I. <laughs> If I could call my shot on one thing, it's that the injuries are going to derail the 2021 Phillies. I mean, it's already trending in the wrong direction. I mean, we got what? Freaking Real Muto's hurt. Eflin's hurt. Real Muto got hurt the, like, the day the contract yeah, was announced. Yeah, it's like, come on. It was like, oh, awesome. Oh, Thanks. sweet. This is this is why we're going to have a terrible baseball season is because of these yeah. freaking injuries. But uh, when Zach Eflin was healthy, I mean, I, I've watched <laughs> – I mean, I remember Zach Eflin's first start against the Blue Jays up in Toronto – um, and it was an utter disaster, but I have never, I've never seen Zach Eflin's sinker dance like that. Like it was, it was legitimately dancing and I kind of was, was, was squatting on this for a little bit, but you know, might as well get it out there now. Like Zach Eflin is a middleman's Roy Halladay. Like he has, he has this, <laughs> he has the same stuff. Like, oh my God, what? I did. I, keep going. <laughs> he, but he has, he has the, the way he pitches is very similar. Like it's, it's, it's ninety four, ninety five. I haven't seen this sinker dance like that. It was dancing like that on on Sunday when he started. Um, or maybe that was Saturday when he started. But um, I was just, I was just blown away with with his stuff. It was, it was ninety four, ninety five. The curveball has nice depth to it. Um, the changeup seems like it's coming along, but just the way his stuff was moving, I hadn't seen his stuff move like that, um, ever. So, um, I hope this, this injury thing doesn't hurt him. Um, obviously it's just, cause I just, I feel like he is on the verge of having a really solid season. Like I would not be surprised if he pitched to like a, a two, nine to, to three, three ERA, like in that, in that range. Cause I, I just think his stuff is too good. He's too consistent, um, and I just, I just trust that every time he's going to go out there, there's going to have those starts where he pitches a complete game, and then he'll have those starts where he goes six and he kind of struggles a little bit, but it's only like three runs. Like, I just, I think his stuff, I think his command, I think his like his mental fortitude right now, he seems like he's a really good headspace. I think it just lends itself to to Zach Eflin figuring it out. And we talk about how young everyone is, right, with the, with the Phillies, James. Like, dude, Zach Eflin is twenty-seven years old. I mean, I feel like Zach Eflin's been around forever, um, but he's twenty-seven years old, and it's probably the most not talked about enough trade in in Philly sports right now. But, but Zach Eflin for for, for Jimmy Rollins, who was pretty much done by that point, is just an absolute steal. Yeah, you could say that again. And how about the no? The, how about the non-trade of not trading Zach Eflin for Manny Machado? We they were right. Like, the Phillies are right. They, Untouchable. We destroyed them. We were like, what? Like, they value Eflin that much? Yeah. Look, I'm I'm 100 with you. Like, assuming this back thing isn't a big issue, which I hope it's not. The Phillies are seemingly making out like it's not. Um, I'm in, all in on the Zach Eflin breakout season. I am. I, I think. Look, you saw it last year. Like, he is swinging his stuff. Like, you know, that was something he didn't have before. Like, real, nasty, legit swinging his stuff. If he can move forward, and especially with our guy Caleb there, you know, kind of helping him along, I think the sky's the limit for Eflin in that three-roll. Like, I think he could be a – you know, everyone's like, oh, well, he's not you – know, he's like the Phillies three, but he's not really like a three. I think he could be like one of the better threes in baseball yep. if he is locked in and healthy. I really do. Yeah, yeah. And it because – I just watch him, and I just see a guy who is very comfortable in his mechanics right now. Um, they're free and easy, and you know it's it's not like it, like when he came up, I wasn't a believer in his stuff. Like I said, I think his stuff just didn't pop. Like Eflin's stuff never really popped before last year. He was always a guy that relied on early contact. Totally, 
totally jacked. But His now stuff looked different last year. Yeah, but the last year was up to like 94, 95, which we just hadn't seen before. The curveball had depth, and he was he was throwing the you know what out of it. I mean, he was he he his his. Curveball velocity went from 78.5, I think, miles an hour in, in 2019 to 81 miles an hour in, in 2021. Like, that's that's legit, and that gets more spin on it, and, and we saw it last year, and now he's worked on the changeup a little bit. But the fact that it looked like his his sinker was dancing the way it was, like, I just I haven't seen that kind of stuff from Zach Eflin. Um, and Saturday against the Tigers, I'm just I, I, again, the injury thing scares me. Um, and it, we know he's had injury stuff in the past and that the whole heavy legs thing. And n- people have been kind of hesitant to jump on the Zach Eflin bandwagon. But um, I feel just really confident in that guy um, to go get the job done on most nights. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm really, really with you there. What else you got from Sing Train? Yeah, so I'm looking, I'm, I'm going game by game now. And I, 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 honestly, James, like, I forgot my routine on this podcast because I think last week was was Moniac, so I kind of threw my my whole balance off. But I'm back in my rhythm. You know, that the the first 15 minutes of this podcast is like when an ace struggles during the first inning, and then oh, and buddy. you were thinking the same thing, right? Like when an ace struggles the first. Yeah, it was inning. Ex- exact phrasing, exact thought. That, I mean, you literally like were in my head right there. Dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now the now it's second now it's the second through the rest of the game. Now he's. He, you have to get the Fritz early, or else the podcast is is over. Um, Casey Mize stinks. Like I, I know this is not a Tigers podcast, but you know, I thought I never bought into the number one overall pick thing and him being this generational pitcher. Like that dude stinks. Um, Andrew McCutcheon's bat looks really fast. Um, we talked a little bit about this, I think, last podcast, maybe one before. But um, it feels like a lot of people are sleeping on Kutch, obviously because of the injury, and he's kind of figuring his way back and. And and that stuff, but if you think about it, like he tore his ACL midway through a year. He's an older guy. It takes him a little bit to get back. He looks like he wasn't running very well. He looks like he's running pretty well right now. Um, obviously never gonna be as fast as he was, but looks like he's he's moving well. And the bat just looks quicker, taking a lot of balls to right field. So um, I am I am buying I am cautiously buying Andrew McCutcheon stock, James. Ooh, that's what I want to hear. Look, I, he's definitely looked. Uh, you could see it, and he heated up the end of last year. I think, you know, we kind of have disappointing September. What or yeah, September. I was thinking about was it the same time of year? Yes, it was. It was just less games. Um, how disappointing September was for Phils and all that. Like McCutcheon did turn it on a little bit after that really really rough start, and you could see last year when he was in the outfield, he had that kind of giddy up in his movements. You know, he's just it looked like he was limping all the time and. I haven't seen that as much so far as spring training, so I think that's a really exciting thing. Yeah, I, I, and 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 contract year for what it's worth. Oh, contract year, Kutch. Contract year, Kutch. I like that. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, why not? All right, what else you got? We got enough hashtags in this show, don't we? Yeah, it's what we do here, buddy. <laughs> um, another takeaway from Saturday: uh, Bryce hit the absolute tank off of Casey Mize. Um, I I haven't seen a swing look that easy in. A little while from Bryce, like it, it reminded me a lot of the uh, the tank off of Walker Bueller a couple of years ago, where it was just like free and easy and bang. Um, but for for where he is, spring training wise, um, you know, early in the season, I do think that people um, like I'm pretty worried about the back thing james i gotta be completely honest with you no like dude like i i don't think like i this year no like i'm fine like but the fact that he's already having back injuries to where he can't like throw a baseball you know for 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 an entire off season and like just start picking up the ball again and he had to revamp his old throwing motion just to make his back you know feel better and stay healthier like that was always the concern with signing Bryce for 13 years was that his 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 motions are very violent. And the swing on Saturday gave me some hope that hey, you know, your your natural power is enough. Just use your natural power. You don't have to try to hit everything 500 feet like this is not Tropicana feel when you're 16. Um like just 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 go kind of swing smoothly. Um but I I just think I, I'm I'm Starting to worry about, and I, I know it's a couple years down the road, but 34. Oh, buddy. 34, You're making me nervous here, I know, Jack. But 30, I like this. Well, I know, and I don't like it either, but, like, 
if he's already having these back issues at 28, how is it going to get better by the time he's 34? Now I know like modern medicine and and all of that it'll it'll help, but I don't I don't I don't think there's enough being made of the back injury because backs are not good. They are not the thing you want to mess with in sports. His swing is very violent. He had to change and revamp his whole throwing motion this offseason because it was affecting his back. Like it's just it's not. It's not where I want him. That's not where I want my 28-year-old superstar who's signed for the next 11 years to be at in his age 28 season. Yeah, I obviously agree with that. And look, we've talked about Bryce's swing before and the violence of it and the concerns about that with the rest of the body and particularly the back and all that. Um, and look, I think I don't think there's any question. You know, he's even talked about it. Bryce is not the kind of guy who makes excuses, as we've learned and as we've seen. But he's talked about how the back last year was it was a was a factor, was an issue, and I think it was pretty clear. Like started off like gangbusters, was the hottest player in baseball for a month, and and dipped like it was noticeable and picked it back up a little bit at the end. But like still, like I think that back was clearly something that was bothering him last season. So that's that's. What a bummer, Jack. I know. Way to, way to really bring the pod down. Well, like, I know, on, I know, I know, I know. But as we've said a thousand times, don't lie to the high ups listeners. And it's something that I, I don't feel like tweeting to talk about it. I don't feel like I don't feel like dealing with it. So I figured I'd bring it to this podcast. But it is something I've been thinking a lot about recently. Like he, he's 28. He's having these back issues where he can't even throw in the offseason and all of this like. I just, I just, I hope I, I, my, my, my hope is, is that he figured it out this off season. The throwing motion was a thing. He worked out his legs more so that it strengthens his back, or, you know, strengthens the hamstrings, which helps strengthen the back, all that stuff. Like that is my, that is my hope, but I definitely just don't love my, my 28 year old, uh, you know, right fielder who is signed for the next 11 years to already be having back issues. Yeah. It's- it's not what you want, Jack. Do you want me to do you want me to uh, to raise your spirits a little bit? Yeah, could you? I'm, all right. I'm all I know. Right now. I know. I'm so I sorry. Just, I I'm I so know. excited to talk Phillies. Looking for the Phillies. I hate the Eagles right now, and you got to come and just whack me down. Just stop. Stop talking about the Eagles. Anyway, how about Alec? I'm trying, I'm how about my best? How about how about Alec Bone? Can we just can we just talk about Alec Bone? I mean, every 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 single time. He comes up to the plate. I'm expecting him to hit a ball hard. Like even it, even his fouls back to the backstop are like, wow, that was hit really hard. Like he was really close to squaring that up. Like everything, <laughs> everything he does at the dish, it just is perfect. He's always balanced. He's never fooled. Um, I mean, Julio Tehran struck him out yesterday, which I, I'm not handling well. But um, like it, every single time he goes up there, he is squaring a ball up and. It's just so refreshing to see, and I just, I genuinely feel that by the end of the 2021 season, it's going to become abundantly clear that he is the Phillies' best offensive player. Yeah, well, I've said that, for, like, I'm so with you. We talked about it in the last pod. Like, if I if I need a hit to win a game, I want Alec Boma. Like, that's it. I think he's the best pure hitter on this team today. Like, seriously, if the Phillies are down one run, there's a runner on second. Like, obviously, a home run, you want a home run and walk it off there. But all I care about is a hit and extending the game. Like, if Phillies have a runner on second, two outs, bottom of the ninth, biggest game of the season, I want Alec Bowman at the plate instead of Bryce. uh, Bryce. I want Alec Bowman at the plate instead of anyone else on the team. Like, that's crazy. This guy's been a major leaguer for, like, 50 games, Jack. And I want him at the plate in the big spot more than anyone else on the team. Like, that's wild, dude. It is wild, and I just I, I'm so excited for hopefully you know 162 if these freaking injury guys don't get a, get in our way, um, but hopefully get like you know 155 games of Alec Bohm this year where it's night in night out we get to watch this guy, and I'm already getting sick and tired of the uh, well you know Don Brown also had a good month and it's like it's Dude. like uh, can oh we can we just sit just down? watch them play like watch them hit one time I know, all it's, right it's so. It's so lazy, but um, it's it's every, it's 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 day in day out consistency, and I will say this: I, I I've been really impressed with this defense so so far in spring training. Like it just looks it looks smooth. I don't know how long he can do it. Like six six, there's just there's not history of six six third baseman you know lasting at third base. Um, 
but None. but like this, I I I there might be one, but like I can't think of one off the top of my head. The only one that comes to mind is Gloss, but I don't think he was six six. Yeah, and I don't think he was quite that big. I think he was like six four or six three, and even then, like even towards the end, like he was there, but he was a mess at their base. Yeah, and so I don't know how long he's gonna be there, but for what it's worth, the the defense this spring has been pretty good. Like he's. He's made some nice stabs. Um, Six five for Trey Gloss, so yeah, but he was a big boy. Yeah, he's he's, he's tall, but um, like he's he's just he's made nice plays over there. It's lo- like honestly for Alec Bohm, I'll I'll take just make the routine plays, you know, just make the routine plays and the flash plays. If you can get to him, great. If not, not a big deal. But um, I've been more impressed with this defense than I thought he would be. So that's a it's a nice um, a nice spring training revelation. Well, it's interesting bringing that up because, and and again, you know, he needs to be good right now. If we had to bet that we would bet that he's not good, I mean, I need to see more. But it, the idea of the defense, because I was on with Joe Giglio earlier this week in the normal Jack Fritz Memorial Nine O'clock spot. Well, that seems like I I do th- I do Thursdays at nine with Joe. Uh, every Thursdays, I was I didn't know. Okay, thank you. Um. So anyway, I was on with Joe and he asked me what the Achilles heel for the Phillies would be this year. And you had talked before about thinking injuries was, was going to be the issue, which is, you know, obviously I could happen to any team, but, but I agree. I, I'm concerned about that, but, but he made a really good case about the defense being this team's Achilles heel. And I had mentioned a few pods back. I talked to you about that Joe Sheehan piece that my mm-hmm. brother sent to me that, Talked about the Phillies being the worst defensive team in baseball for multiple years now and historically bad a couple of those years. And, you know, I made the case that if you watch his team play every every night, they're not that bad. Like, they're not historically bad. But, you know, when you step back and think about it, like going around the diamond, you know, they have one above average defensive player in JT and maybe two if you want to put Bryce there. And Didi, like, I guess best case could be above average, but certainly wasn't last year. Like, they don't have a lot of defensive talent. I guess Kingery, if he's playing second base, which he won't be, would have been a, a above average guy. But they're really not a good defensive team. You know, Bohm being competent would be a big, big, you know, help to that. But are you as concerned about the overall defense of this team as as people like Joe are? No, no. I, 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 oh, I, wow. Shutting your boy down. No, it's, it's not. It's not a, I, I, I don't think the defense would be great. I just... I don't know. I've never cared about defense with baseball, like until I think what was it the 2018 Phillies? Like, was that the team that was historically terrible? Yeah, um, yeah. That was that was the first time I was like, all right, fine, defense means a little bit. But um, like, I just <sighs> major league baseball players can make the routine plays. Like, I, I fundamentally fundamentally believe that. Like Roman Quinn has no idea how to read a fly ball. That's that's obviously frustrating. You see that every night. But like Didi last year. I don't know if the range is great, whatever, but I felt like he made most of the plays there right at him. He had the, the he messed up in Toronto, like or in Buffalo, whatever. I thought Segura played a good uh second base last year. I think Reese is fine at first. He's not gonna win gold gloves. I don't he's a DH, let's be real. I don't th- I just don't think he's as bad as defensively as you do. He's yeah. he's he's okay. He's whatever. He's gotten he's much bad. he's gotten he's much better. Bad. Mm, that's not true. But um, I think he's got better. To be fair, I agree with you. Uh, he was better last year than he was in 2019. I will give you that. Um, Kush, I think, is moving better in left field. It's just like, I, I don't, unless they're 2018 bad, which they won't be, like, I just don't think that's going to be the reason they're going to miss the playoffs. Would I like a better center fielder? Yes. I mean, being able to run down balls and, you know, Victorino was obviously great at that. And the Phillies in, in 2008 were a, a great defensive team. I mean, Worth's a great right fielder defensively. Victorino was. Obviously, we know Rollins. I mean, Feliz, Utley. Howard was not, but Chooch. Like, obviously, great defensive players. And I get it. And it would be nice to have um, a, a good defensive team. It would be great to have. But, like... I would much rather have an offense like this than than a good defensive team. Like I don't think that's going to be the reason you lose games, especially when I don't think like like there's no Hoskins in left field, there's no Burl in left field, there's no like there's no like Kingery at shortstop. Like these guys are in their natural positions. Like they they should be able to make the routine plays on a, on a night in night out basis. So over 162, yeah, they're going to grade out as a below average defensive team. Yes, but. That's not going to be the reason that they don't, you know, win games. I look, I generally agree with you that that's kind of the way I lean to, but I do think that 
they're right to point out that we don't talk enough about how bad this defense yeah. is because it's not, it's not going to be good. Um, all right, what else you have from spring training? Uh, what else do I have from spring training? Can I throw one at you? Because yes. I'm assuming this is something you had from spring training because, as you know, uh, you know, preparing for the show and all that, That's I right. like to peruse the old Jack Fritz Twitter account. You're very close to passing me, by the way. God. It's real. God. You're like on the doors. Everyone, I, the yeah, but, is but everyone follows. Is following, yes, yeah. yes. So tell anyone you know to follow Jack Fritz on Twitter so he can pass me on Twitter because it is so important to him. And Not I really want him to yeah. pass me. I will get there one so, day. Does it, does it, are you cool with me being okay with you passing me or do you want me to be like angry about it or something? I can um, fake it. You want. Yeah, I mean, I it, it does bother me that I haven't okay. passed you yet. Yes. Right, please, please, please pass me, Jack. I'm dying for it. Um, but checking your Twitter out, um, I thought the Naris tweet was interesting. So I think most people have just assumed that Archie Bradley will be the opening day closer. I know we've talked about his velocity, but um, if not Archie, I think Archie the favorite in terms of the, the fan base's eyes. But, you know, you got guys who've closed games. And, of course, the nastiest guy there, we'll talk about him individually mm. in a second. Jose Alvarado, like mm-hmm. hero. We'll mm-hmm. get to him. But but you know, Tony Watson's closed game, Brandon Kinsler's closed games. What makes you think uh, and you tweeted out for those who know Jack tweeted out that Hector Neris, from what he's seen, should be the closer for this team. What makes you say that? Um, well, uh, I could endorse one person to be the closer if said person comes on this podcast, but uh, I'm not oh, oh, I love it. I love Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes, you're right. Well done. That's right. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I appreciate you, Jack. No I'll problem. Give you no problem. Well, we're keeping this bit Still not on the pod. No. I'm just saying. Yes. I'm just saying. Yeah. We're, we're here. You know, I tweeted last I pod. I know. Just saying. I know. You know, talking about when I come on all these podcasts. Well, prove it. Um, yes, I'm on a Phillies podcast, dude. Like, yeah. don't ask all of Twitter to tell you what the best Phillies podcasts are and then go on none of them. Just say yes. Also, yeah, no. I just I'm I'm legitimately worried about his fastball. You know, every time I watch him now, it's like that fastball just does not look like it has the same juice that it it had had in years past. And um, when I watched him last year in Cincinnati, I thought it was down, but I thought the the spin on it was good, and I thought it still kind of exploded. And the the fastball I saw here uh is just looks flat to me, and uh like. This isn't going to make people feel better, I don't think, even though he is the Phillies' all-time leader in saves. But he kind of reminds me a little bit of Papelbon. Um, like when Papelbon lost his fastball, he had to figure out different ways to get outs, and he was effective at it. Um, you know, the splitter became more of a pitch for him and, and whatnot. And in, in recent outings, Bradley's been using his, his changeup more than I'd seen in years past. Um, and I thought the his curveball still has good bite to it. So I think he's he's... He's transitioning into a different phase of his career where the fastball is not going to be as electric as it was, you know, a couple of years ago, and he's just going to have to figure out how to get outs in other ways. Um, but ultimately, like, I just, I really like what I've seen from Hector, and and Hector is so, you know, weirdly, you know, kind of maligned in this fan base. Like Hector Neris is good. Like he's agree. Like he's a is he unbelievable? No, I mean he's not. But but I just I love his I love the slider idea. And he's been throwing it more and more. And it, it really, like, hitters can't really figure him out. Because um, if he can get that pitch over for a strike, like, we talked about it last time, but but if you can get a slider that, that breaks away to righties but starts in the same spot, and you have a splitter that breaks into righties that starts at the same spot, and then you have 94-95, it's just a really good plan of attack for when you're facing, for when you're facing hitters. So... Um, I just think with that, he seems comfortable. Um, I, I like what he's done so far with Cotham. Um, and I just, I, I just think he's still the best option because I, I want him to close and I want ha- to have Alvarado, Brogdon and Archie Bradley be like the, the fireman, um, and coming in and, and shutting games down. Like Jose Alvarado is far and away their best reliever. Like it's not even close. He's I, the best pitcher on this team. I'm like, willing, Jose Alvarado is a god. He might be the he might be the best Phillies reliever I've ever seen. And... It's unbelievable. Like, like, oh my god, dude. We talked about it when they traded for him. We're like, oh, go look at go go uh t- go to Twitter and put in pitching ninja and Jose Alvarado and just see whatever he's got there and and salivate. Like, man, he looks healthy. He's locked in. He is the nastiest stuff we have seen from a relief pitcher since Ryan Matson here. Dude, he lost. 
fifty pounds this offseason. Like that's that's a lot of weight to lose. But it's a lot of weight. You're right. That's a lot of weight to lose in an offseason. Um, but he is just he is ridiculous. Like just I honestly I don't know how anyone's gonna score a runoff. Yeah, him. I don't understand the physics. Was, uh, like I don't understand how that dude makes the ball move at the speeds that he does. Like. The physics don't work. Jose Alvarado has broken physics, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's 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 99 with straight down, and then it's this yeah, like they disappear. It's like what is happening right now? I mean, if you're if you're if you're attempting to hit that curveball, you, you you can't make you can't make solid contact with that curveball if it's in the zone. Like he is he is absurd, absolutely absurd. I don't know if he's gonna allow a run this year. I mean, he might allow a cheapy run but whatever and as long as he stays healthy i mean <laughs> he i don't know man but i don't and ultimately could he close yeah i think he could, obviously i think he could close but i would i would like him to kind of be the rotating guy and have a guy like hector back in the ninth that i know has done the job before done it a long time here um well liked by his teammates and and again i just i really like it what i've seen so far with his stuff and the and the three pitch mix so uh, I'm endorsing Hector for closer. Jose Alvarado, rotating guy. Brogdon, if he gets his rib back or whatever happened. At least it wasn't arm-related with his injury. Yeah, uh, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, seriously. these inju- like The injury gods are already getting out of hand. Crushing us. Yeah, it's just annoying. I mean, again, the JT injury. And I, look, we've kind of downplayed it. Oh, he's going to be back for opening day. We think all that. But, like, all I'll say this is if uh, for those of you who play fantasy – don't get too excited about JT Romito for the first month or two of the season. Cause those type of injuries, like I think it'll be fine defensively. I don't think he's going to hit out of the gate. I just don't like, it's really rare. You see guys with those broken fingers who come back and just hit right away. We'll see. Well, but especially like it's take him a little time to get go without spring training too. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to see live pitching until maybe the last week of spring training. Um, if that, like if that, so, um, I'm with you. So it's, it's, it's really annoying, but I just, I, I like where the bullpen's at right now. Like, for as worried as I am about Archie Bradley, like, I still think he's going to be a good reliever on most nights. Like, it's not going to be one of these disaster signings. But, yeah, it's going to be, uh, I mean, at least <laughs> we said it a lot so far, but at least these guys have stuff. Um, and at least, what I mean, a miracle. Yeah, Can what you a, imagine? What a, honestly, what a like, 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 Dombrowski coming in here is exactly what Maury did when he took over the Sixers. Like, oh, we need shooting. Okay, well, here's shooters. Oh, you guys, <laughs> know, right? you guys need yeah. power bullpen arms. Here's power bullpen arms. Like, crazy yeah. concepts, right? I mean, who was here before us? Guys who didn't know what they're doing? Yes, guys who didn't know what they're doing. I, I think that's the really, I, Jack, and, and we've said it and said it, but it, I think it's just, it shines a light on how incompetent Andy McPhail was. It really does. And how, and how mediocre to bad Matt Klintak was, but particularly McPhail, just in terms of running an organization. Like, it feels like it's being run by adults again, <laughs> you know, on a very simple level. Yes. Uh, all right. We hit everything on my uh, my notes. What else you got? Um, I love Matt Moore. I just do. I know. <laughs> I know. I know you're going to laugh. It. Everyone, we did it. We I, did it. He's I know. There. I know you're going to laugh. I know you're going to laugh. I know. I can't wait to see what you're about to say. I can't wait. What are you going to say? They were right to rank him in front of Trout and Harper? They Listen, the prospect rankings were always right. They were always right. They were always right to put him ahead of Trout and Harper. Um, I just think he's going to be good. I don't know how good I think he's going to be. You know, there's he's going to have those blow up starts. He's going to he's going to struggle, but I think Matt Moore's back, baby. I think Matt Moore's back. The Phillies cracked the code. And you know what's so nice, James, is that we can bring in free agents and they cannot suck here. Like our coaching staff at this point can get more out of these guys. Is that not a novel concept? And I know it's spring training. I know it's spring training. And I know you're going to throw it in my face when he goes out and struggles. But I don't give a damn because Matt Moore is good. All right. So you're going to hate what I'm about to say. No. You're going to hate it. Don't. Um, I, yeah, you're really going to hate it. Because, like, he's not, in terms of talent, like one-tenth the guy. I have so much more faith in Chase Anderson than I do in Matt Moore. That's actually, I wouldn't say more faith. I I, I kind of like both of I them. I just, 
I, I trust Chase Anderson to give me six innings, three runs, six innings, four runs, six innings, two runs, seven innings, two runs, six wow. innings, Come on, four that's... runs. Like, like I expect Chase Anderson to pitch to a a four ERA. And I know that's not exciting, but for a four starter, fifth starter, whatever, that's acceptable. He's going to eat innings. Like, I just, Matt Moore clearly has a higher ceiling than Chase Anderson. I just have a lot more faith that Chase Anderson's going to be solid for me than I do Matt Moore. Yeah, I just think this comes down to you hating me being happy. <laughs> <laughs> you genuinely just don't like seeing me happy. Yes, I just said I want. I think one Phillies pitcher is going to be good, and you're like, oh, I'm not happy. I thought you love the Phillies, Jack, I not know. just more. I know, I know, I know. I, I just, honestly, James, <laughs> I know, I know. I can't believe I'm at this point. I, I can't either. I, know. I mean, honestly, a month and a half ago, whatever it was, when they signed Matt Moore and we ripped the signing, and we're like, I don't know what they're doing. Maybe it's a bullpen thing or whatever. I, I would have. Never get. I mean, I I would have get. I would. I actually knew deep in my core, knowing you, that you would talk yourself into it. But like, to hear you sitting here saying Matt Moore is good right now is, you know, it's something, Jack. Uh he's just. It's just. It's just so fun to watch. He's like the left-handed Eflin. Like it's. 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 It will be weird to have a left-handed starter again. Like oh. one's gonna go every time. Dude, like, like I swear that. to God, I swear to God, it's like watching Hamels. It's like it's like oh, this is, this is just Cole Hamels again, but obviously not Cole Hamels. But <laughs> you think could he be though? I don't know. I don't know. But I would say no. <laughs> I know. I know. He won't. He won't. He won't blow a. He won't blow a World Series. Oh, I knew you were gonna do that. I just knew that was coming. <laughs> it was the most obvious thing of all time. I can't believe I led you into it. Um, no, but in all seriousness, like I let's get back to the the real talk here is Matt, about Matt Moore being good. Um, I just I, I I genuinely like his I like his mix. I like his mix, and I like that he pitches. And I know I know people are like, oh, all these guys do is throw hard these days, and it's smart to throw hard. Like, why would you not want guys to throw hard <laughs> and and strike people out? But there's there is still that there is still that nerdy pitcher. I mean, like you watch. You've watched games with me, right? Where it's like I'll be, mm-hmm. I'll start going through the sequencing and and oh, we'll... I know, yeah, tunneling and yeah. you're you're talking all kinds of stuff. Yeah, well, that's what I I I genuinely love pitching, and like that's why the Pavetta thing hurts so bad. Although he is dominating in the spring so far, he's, but... been, he's been good. He's been up. To, he's been up to ninety-seven. What? Um, <laughs> I just I genuinely love the art of pitching and. Like Eflin has always been that guy for me where it's like this guy knows how to pitch. And that's how I feel about watching Matt Moore right now. And it's it's just intriguing to watch him kind of navigate throwing 90. I mean, he's up to 94 the other day, which is good, but he's pretty much been like 91 to 93. Um, but I just I like how he throws. I like that I like that he has a plan to righties now, where it's like his changeup is diving away from and he has righties like basically he'll throw his changeup on the outside corner or start at middle and let it fade to the outside corner to righties. And then next pitch, he'll dart in with like a 92 to 93 mile an hour fastball. Like I know Jacob Stallings took one yard the other day, but like that was an inch from being foul. Um, so I just, I just, I love his plan to righties. I love that they never seem to fully square him up. Um, um, like, his fastball up well. Like it seems like he always jams them, which is great to see. Feels like feels like Hamels always did a good job with that. Um Cliff Lee always did a good job with that. And I'm not putting Matt Moore in that category. But I'm just saying that I, I like I like his plan to raise. I like the movement on his change up. And that curveball is a weapon. It's a it's a legitimate weapon and I'm excited to see what it does um for a full season. And um like yeah, I mean listen, I, I I don't know how good Matt Moore can be, but I think he I think he's going to be good for this team. And we both didn't like the Chase Anderson Matt Moore signings. We wanted more high upside arms, but now that we've seen it kind of play out, it makes sense why they did it. You know, they want guys who are going to take down innings. These guys take down innings, and you know, I don't think Chase Anderson is going to be unbelievable, but I see why they signed him. I see why they signed him. So um, I'm feeling if I if you were asking me a month ago what my Achilles heel of this Phillies team was going to be. I was going to say the four or five because I didn't trust those guys to be able to consistently get the job done. I felt good about the one through three, but I thought the four or five was going to be the guys that were going to really going to struggle. And I, I don't, I don't feel that way right now. Do I think they're going to be, you know, world beaters and unbelievable? No, but I think that there's a realistic path to both of those guys, um, you know, pitching to a three, eight to four, two ERA. 
I mean, that'd be huge. I uh, look, I, I say all the time I've said to you, I say it all the time. The idea that, you know, we're so myopic with the Phillies. We watch the Phillies every night. We freak out about everything with the Phillies. But if you look at the four and five starters across baseball, the vast majority of them look a lot like Matt Moore and Chase Anderson. You know, there aren't that many teams that have guys that you can really count on in the four or five spots. So, you know, it would be huge if they can get something out of these guys. I look, Matt Moore hasn't been good since 2016. So fingers crossed, you know, I'm hopeful, Jack. I'm hopeful. And at least he's a guy who has stuff and has had stuff throughout his career. Um, But it's been a while. It's been a while. So if they can, you know, see something in him when he's in Japan and bring him back and get something out of him, a lot of props. Uh, again, I'm still skeptical. I'm not where you're at, especially as you know, with our last pod where I, you know, kind of just undercut your knees. I take nothing away Ugh. from spring training, but but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Uh, listen, it's all. I will take your 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 glimpse of hope. Um, and while we're here talking about the starting pitching, I want to hit really quickly on Zach Wheeler yesterday because it was. Awesome. I mean, I know how much you don't believe Frank Trainer results, but um, like it was just it was cool watching Zach Wheeler from the standpoint of like the first three innings, he was doing his whole ground ball thing and getting in and out of innings fast, and then like the fourth and fifth inning or whatever, he just like decided to strike out the side one inning. Um, so that was refreshing to see. Looks like he. It was weird watching Zach Wheeler last year because it was like 99, but it wasn't a fast 99. If that makes sense to to anyone out there. It was like a, it was like a slow ninety nine, which again doesn't really make sense. But I guess when you watch Garrett Cole, it's like wow, that's a really fast ninety nine. And then you watch Zach Wheeler, it'd be like yeah, it's ninety nine, but it's not like a fast ninety nine. Um, but, but I saw with his stuff yesterday, it was it was it was humming a little bit. It looks like he had a little bit more juice behind it. Um, it looks like he's added a little bit of more spin to his curveball. Um, and I think he's going to be a guy that's going to benefit a lot from a guy like Caleb Cotham. I mean, uh, part of the reason why Zach Wheeler said he signed here was because of the analytics department, which is a crazy concept to uh, to uh, believe, uh, knowing this this Phillies team in analytics. But um, a guy like a guy like Cotham, you would think with all the information that he has and how much he loves, um, you know, digging into the numbers and figuring some stuff out. Um, Wheeler did not have a good start before. Uh, uh, this game against the, the Tigers yesterday. But what I saw yesterday was a guy that could get swing and miss when he wanted to. Um, and it looks like he had some extra little giddy up on his fastball. So a really positive Zach Wheeler start. I like the swing and miss. I like the whist that he got on his fastball. Um, he, th- he threw this like 91 mile an hour slider that was just stupid. So um, it was, a, it was a, a good positive start from Zach Wheeler following up a uh, a bad one from the game before. Love it. Love it! Can't wait till see him pitching games that count and matter. And well, I will take. Seriously. Yeah, I know, and I and I haven't brought up Nola because like he was got shelled by the Blue Jays. But as we all know, James, don't care. All, as we all know, James, uh, spring training results only matter yeah. when they're good, and when they're yeah. bad, no, they're just and, working. And on not stuff. even then. Not even then. They don't matter. Well, they matter to some just people. In this, they they matter to me. Damn it! All right. <laughs> what else you got? Uh. I don't think Scott Kingery should make the opening day roster. Wow. I really don't. Back's not back. Dude, not even like remotely back. Like not even, not even remotely back. Like CJ Chatham, I thought should have made the team over him. Like whatever. I, I'm so despondent over Kingery. Um, um, I don't know. It's, it's, he just looks so lost. Like, dude, he's bunting. He's bunting in a two Oh count. Like the other it's day. It's for training. It's for training. What are you doing? He's bunting against a lefty the other day. It's like, no, dude. He's lost. He's yeah, lost. he is striking he's... out every other bat. Like, I still think from a versatility perspective, he adds value, obviously, because he can play every position on the field. But um, it's tough. It's tough right now. Yeah, I did. I, I, I am the. I'm of the proponent. Send him to AAA and uh, let him work with the coaches there for a little bit and and try to get this thing right. Rather than having him on the opening day roster, he's already talking about how he's lost. You know, <laughs> there's a story today by Lobs in the Inquirer where it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm lost. I gotta figure. Out, I gotta take my. I gotta break my swing down back to the basics and do whatever. It's like great. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the opening day is two weeks away, uh, and you're competing for a center field job. So, I am. Uh, yeah, I uh, I'm pretty disappointed in Kingery, but 
Um, I guess that's kind of where we're at with Scotty Jetpacks. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to be excited. It really is. It's tough. It's a real bummer. Like, um, you know, I I had we had hoped that with the whole, you know, maybe it was COVID last year, or this or that, or whatever. And um, yeah, it's just uh, it's starting to trend in the direction of oh, he's not going to be good. Yeah, and that that's a concern. It is a concern. Uh, speaking of Nola, real quick, I guess he's been messing around with the cutter, and I guess I don't get why. Like, I just don't think it. I don't think it works uh, arsenal wise. Like, it, it. Nola is a low arm slot guy that he relies on run from being the low arm slot and getting his elbow out first and letting it be a little whippy um, with it with his with his with his arm and. A cutter doesn't really make sense, and it should be easy for the hitter to pick up on. So um, I appreciate working on a cutter. I'm a big cutter fan. I just don't think that that Knowles should be working on a cutter, to be honest with you. That's an interesting take. Uh, you know, I think that's. I think most people just be like, "Oh, add another pitch. Why not?" Um, that's interesting. No, I I, don't, I genuinely don't think it works. Um, all right, and then last couple things here. Last couple of things here uh do you ever think about i don't know why i'm bringing this up but i've been thinking about this a lot because i don't know why but do you, do you ever think about that robles home run off of edward ramos that sunk the 2019 Phillies? <laughs> i remember it i don't often think about it it was so awful like it was, it was. It, it was like a two-two count. You know, the, the, it would have been a big win over Strasburg. Harper took Strasburg deep. I mean, I remember the game Ugh. vividly. Like I remember everything about it. I just don't go back to it the same way you do. It really ruined the 2019 Phillies. <laughs> it did. Oh, it really did. And then, and then, I agree. and then Soto hit the furthest ball I've ever seen in my life. It says the bank park and the and an extra. Oh. Just a and you knew he was gonna homer too. It was like the most obvious. This guy's gonna homer in this at bat of all time. I genuinely, though, I do feel bad for for Juan Soto, uh, Freddie Freeman, and Jeff McNeil because Jose Alvarado is here, and you're not, and and Francisco Lindor. I feel bad for him too because Jose Alvarado is here, and and <laughs> the, the day the days of the days of those guys ruining my life is over. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I I think Francisco Lindor is doing just fine. Yeah, I think he'll be. I think he'll be alright. I think what he'll a, be just fine. What a division, dude. We got <laughs> we got Lindor, Lindor, Pete Alonso, uh, McNeil, Conforto, up in New York. We got Acuna, uh, Freeman, and that's about it. They all they stink down there. Besides those two, and then you have Soto and Trey Turner. It's like, come on, can we can I, can we get a break? Can we get a break? But whatever. Jose Alvarado's here, so it doesn't matter. And last thing I got is, did you see that? Did you see that rookie rookie passed away? Reese Hoskins' dog and Jamie Hoskins' dog. I didn't. That's super sad. Oh, though. it's awful. It's awful. I genuinely like. I was I was super sad about it. I loved rookie. Rookie seemed like a great dog. So, uh, thinking of the Hoskins family and uh, very sad about about rookie passing away. Yeah, that's really I, younger, right? Like not a Dude, super he was old like, dog. He was like two and a half. Three? What? Oh, that's horrible. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Oh, I have a 13 year old and a 10 year old. And uh, every day I feel lucky that they're still going. So I can only imagine that's, that's, that's tough, man. That's tough. And of course, I have a two year old child, but that's a whole different thing. Right. Right. It's a dog. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I said a 13 year old and a 10 year old. And it is wild how much older my dogs are than my kid. That's, that's fun. Um, yeah, shout out to the Austin's family. That sucks. That is, uh, not easy. No. Oh, and I got uh, a house. Oh yeah, you got a house. Yeah. Yep. So I've I've already I'm starting to pick a out really nice house. I'm starting to pick out where I'm gonna watch the fells. I'm getting excited. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about beers in the back with some uh with some Fransky and Franz in an LA on the radio and oh it's just it's so nice for this whole process to be over and I just I can't wait for Phil's and outdoor and fun. So, um, yes, yes, your boy got a house. Wow. Wow. What an adult. What an adult. And, and a year older. I Happy know. Happy birthday. I know. I know. 
I know. <laughs> it is it is kind of tough though because they do say that 27 is the year you're supposed to kind of break out and you're you're yeah. in your prime. So some are saying this is the Jack Fritz breakout year on this podcast. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Age 27 season, buddy. Yep. Got to bring it. Yep. I need you. That's right. Got to carry us. Um. All right. Final thoughts. Um. Two weeks to opening day. Yes, dude. I need it. I need it in my life in such a profound way. I need the Phillies it's so bad. I miss it. I miss it so much. I hate football. I hate basketball. I hate hockey. I just want baseball. That's where I'm at. <laughs> we good we good with that? I can, hear, I can hear the pain in your voice. It's just I I need it. I need it. Especially after the last year's sham of a season where we got a third of the games we normally do, and it was a joke, and I watched the worst bullpen of all time, and every game sucked because you knew that no matter what the lead was, it was going to get screwed up anyway. I'm just – I'm ready for a real let's go Philly season. We're going to have fans back at the Citizens Bank Park. Like, I'm just ready, Jack. I'm as ready as I've ever been for any baseball season in my entire life. I'm not kidding. I'm – there with you. My long, my long life. Yes. As I'm sure yes. So. You've been around a while, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, rate and review the podcast. It means the world to Jack. We are two weeks away. We'll be back next week. Two times a week. Uh-oh. On the horizon, baby. I can't wait. So uh, one more pod next week. And then after that, it's go time, baby. I can't wait. Go, Phillies. Go, Jack. He's Fritz himself to rescue it.